Well, turn in your Bibles to Leviticus 23. We started a study really several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and then I was gone last week. And we're looking at the Old Testament, and we're looking at uh, the special celebrations and, and holidays that God gave to the nation of Israel. And so we're calling it a Feast of Israel, a holiday and holy day. They all go together. Uh, why did God give these holidays, holy days to the people? It was so they could remember what God had done, his power and his majesty. But it was also more than that. It was a foreshadow of things to come. And so when we look at this, we're going to realize that the Feast of Israel are actually pictures of Jesus Christ and how Jesus and how he fulfills those things. And so we started, last time we looked at the Sabbath, uh, Shabbat, Sabbath, and it was a weekly feast, and it set the nation apart. They were to work six days, rest on the seventh. We talked a little bit about that. I'll mention it a little bit more this morning. And then this morning, we're going to look at a thing called the New Moon Feast, it was a monthly feast. It was what they did once a year, uh, I mean, once a month at the start of the month. And I think I also put, no, I didn't put it up. We're also going to just begin looking at Passover. And Passover, of course, when you hear the word Passover, you think of Egypt and coming out of Egypt, but you also think of the Passover lamb and you think of the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of great things. And so we'll see it as we go through it. I've told you this before, but when I lived in Starkville, when I was coaching at Mississippi State, I uh, had a friend who was Jewish. He owned a uh, uh, jewelry store and he was Jewish and he and I talked a lot, but he was not a believer. He's not a Christian, but he was Jewish and we would talk all the time. And I'd say, well, you, you always selling these crosses. And he went, yeah, but that's because you'll buy them. And uh, he's kind of funny, but he said, yes, it's a lot better being a Jew than being a Christian. I said, well, no, I don't think so. He said, well, we got a lot more holidays than you have. And he said, you know, we got Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits, and that's at one time. And then we got another feast called Pas- uh, Pentecost. And then we got new, the New Year and then the Day of Atonement. And then we got Tabernacles. And then we got Hanukkah. And then we got Purim. He said, so we got a lot more than you got. I said, well, yeah, you, you do have more holidays than we have. But I said, but your holidays point to my Savior Jesus. Jesus Christ. And the truth is, they do. And so as we look, just briefly, we're going to do this study. It's kind of fun to, to go through the Feast of Israel. We did this, oh, it's been a number of years ago. And, and we're going to see the feast that God gave to Israel and how they tie to us. Because we already started off with Sabbath. And we said, well, we're not under the Sabbath. No, we're not. But the idea of the principle of a rest day still applies. And we'll talk more about that. So let's think back about the nation of Israel. Moses led the people out and they got the law. And the law was divided into the three parts. There were the commandments, the ordinances, and the judgments. The commandments were the moral code, the Ten Commandments. The ordinances dealt with sacrifices and feasts, which is where we are. And then the judgments dealt with the social code, their diet, their relationships, what they could eat, what they could do, all those kind of things. What a lot of people don't realize is those three areas, the commandments showed you need a Savior because you can't keep the Ten Commandments. The ordinances told you how to come that way. There was a sacrifice, and it was by the Messiah coming. And the judgments were basically how to live. And what you really realize is that, that the Mosaic law saved no one. When people, when God put the nation of Israel under the Mosaic law, and I've had a lot of people say, well, under the Old Testament, you were saved by the law, and under the New Testament, you're saved by grace through faith. I said, no, 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 you're never saved by law. Nobody can keep the law. The law set the nation of Israel apart. The law pointed to the Messiah, and salvation has always been by faith, beginning with Adam and Eve, all the way through to Abraham, all the way up. So it's always faith. But the commandment said, you can't keep it, you need a savior. The ordinances, here's the sacrifice that's pointing to the Messiah, and the judgments were how they were to live. And so as we think about the feast days, 
I want you to understand that the reason we're studying this is not because we just want to know the Jewish feast days. We want to see that all of these things really point to Christ. And see, some of them are just for us in one sense, and some of them point to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we talked about this. There are five types of feasts in the, in the study that we're going to look at. There was a weekly feast, which is called the Sabbath, or Shabbat. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we'll review it. Then there's a monthly feast called the New Moon Feast, and it was the beginning of the month. Then there were yearly feasts. There were, in Leviticus chapter 23, there are seven yearly feasts. And we're going to look at those. But there are also a couple of other feasts that happen every year, but they're not in Leviticus 23. Then there were what we call the non-yearly feast. There was the sabbatical year. Do you realize that they, just like they worked for six days and rested on the seventh, they worked their land for six years and rested on the seventh year. They didn't plant, they didn't plant crops. Well, how in the world were they going to make it? Well, we'll talk about it when time comes, and we'll see that. And then there was a year of Jubilee that they counted seven times seven, 49 years, and on the 50th year was a year called Jubilee. What did that mean? Why, why was there a Jubilee? And we'll talk about that when we get there. And then there's special feasts we'll talk about, like the wedding feast, which is really a picture of Jesus Christ it being our bridegroom and us being the bride, and then the bar mitzvah, and we'll talk more about that as well. So last week we started, or last time we started, and we looked at the Sabbath, and Shabbat. The word Sabbath means rest. And then we looked at that, that was the feast, and the word means rest. The Jews were to work six days and rest on the seventh. The first day of the week is Sunday. They were to work Sunday through Friday, and then on Saturday they were to rest. That's what they were to do. The Jewish... Uh, calendar and a Jewish day is different than ours. Jewish calendar is based on the moon. Ours is based on the sun. A Jewish day actually begins in the evening. So tonight, tonight at around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock when it becomes dark, that is actually Monday night for Jewish calendar because the next day is Monday day. They got that from God because the Bible said when he created the heavens and the earth and he said in the evening and the morning were the first day, second day. So evening and morning. So in a Jewish system, uh, uh, the, the night comes first. So tonight, when we are having our fellowship supper in here, our Thanksgiving fellowship supper, for a Jewish person, it would be Monday night. And then tomorrow, it'd be Monday day. That's just how it works. That's how Jesus could eat the Passover meal on a night and then be crucified the next day and it still be Passover. Okay? So Jesus ate the Passover meal. Let's just say it. I'm going to make, I'm going to tell you what, it was on a Wednesday night or whatever. And, and then the next day, actually Wednesday day, he was crucified on the cross. So he died on Passover, but he also was able to eat the Passover meal because the evening comes before the morning. That's how they do things. Well, here's the pattern. He says, you'll work six days and rest on the seventh. And, and they got that and found, it goes all the way back to Exodus, where it says, you'll work six days and rest on the seventh, for in six days God created the heavens and the earth and rested on the seventh. I want you to understand something. I'm a literalist from the scripture, and I actually believe that God created the world in six days. Some people don't hold to that. I do. I think that there were six literal days because he says evening and morning were day one. Evening and morning were day two. First and second, third and fourth, fifth, all the way down. And he says, here's the pattern. As God created the heavens and earth in six days and rested on the seventh, he told the Jewish people to work six days and rest on the seventh. And that's what they did. And so the principle for us, realize that the Sabbath, think about this, the Sabbath day that the Jewish people were under was the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And what happened is the Jewish 
Jewish people, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these, they took the Sabbath day and they made it so restrictive that it wasn't a rest day anymore. You couldn't do anything on the Sabbath day. And it became a horrible time. And that's why Jesus, if you look in the scriptures, Jesus did a lot of his healing on the Sabbath day just to make them mad. Because the, he, he knows that the Sabbath day was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was a time of refreshment. <clears throat> we talked about this. Many people are confused. And a lot of people think Sunday is the Sabbath day. And we talked about Eric Little and not being able to run on the Sabbath day back in the, in the I think it was the 1924 Olympics in Paris. And, and we saw, uh, you know, that movie, Chariots of Fire. The truth is this. Uh, Sunday is not a Sabbath day. Saturday is a Sabbath day. Sunday is the first day of the week, and Sunday's called the Lord's Day in the Scripture. If you remember when we started the book of Revelation, it said that John wrote that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, which is the first day of the week. And we worship on the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. So that's how that works. And but but because of that, there is a principle from God's Word that we. We do need to rest. And historically, people worked for six days and rested. And, and, and for the Jewish people, they worked Sunday through Friday. For a lot of people, they worked Monday through Saturday and then rested on Sunday. And that's why a lot of people thought Sunday was the Sabbath. There's a great principle. Regardless, you probably need to rest. And in our culture, a lot of people work Monday through Friday, and they have two days off. But some people don't. Some people work six days a week. Some people try to work seven days a week. Uh, I think the key thing for us is to realize, humanly speaking, God says, I want you to take a break. I want you to work, and then I want you to rest. And when you rest, I want you to do things that you want to do. I want, and you can use that rest day as a time to worship. In fact, that's what the Jewish people did. They used their Sabbath day as a time of worship. We should use at least one day a week time to worship. And that's what we do. We meet up together on the first day of the week. Now, we meet in the mornings as a whole, and we're going to meet tonight to eat. That'll be fun. Now, the Jewish people, let me just throw this out to you. In the first century, we realized that the first day of the week was a work day. And so Jewish, most Christians, many Christians would go to work on Sunday and at the evening when they came home from work, that's when they met together and they had a meal called the Love Feast and then they had their services. So they didn't usually meet like 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. They probably met in the evening and had their agape meal, which was their love feast, and then their, their service. So things were a little bit different. Just realize you should take some time off regardless it, with, with, from your job, from your work, from your pressures, there needs to be time to rest. It, if, if it's just one day, and for sure, take some time to worship. And that's what we do on the first day of the week. Okay, the second one. The second one is called the New Moon Feast. It's called the Rosh Shodash, which literally means the head of the month. Now, remember, their calendar was based uh, on, on the moon and not the sun. And so the new moon is when you can't see the moon, remember? And then you got a full moon, which is halfway through. And so they would have a time called, and, and the priests looked at this. The priests would stand basically in the temple area or in every area, and they would look, and they would declare when it was a new moon, meaning, okay, the moon's completely disappeared. It's now the new moon. And it starts the month. And it was called the Rosh Shodash, which means the head of the month. And at the beginning of the month, it was either a one or a two-day celebration. Now, why would they do this? Because at every month, they said, we want to stop. Just like every week, we want to stop and think about God. Every month, we want to stop 
and think about God. That's, that's what they're doing. That's why God set these things apart. And I want you to see something. So I want you to turn, uh, and, and just like us, think about this. Coming up in, a, in a, you know, a little more than a week, week and a half or something, there's going to be a day that we as a people in this country set aside a day to be thankful. And most people, nobody, I mean, some people, I guess, go to work, but most people say, it's Thanksgiving, I'm taking off Thanksgiving, and we're going to have a meal at our house, we're going to have a lot of fun and, and do that. And then, of course, tonight, we're going to do the same thing here at that. But th- that's what people do. Well, in the first of the month, for a Jewish person, think about it, you say, hey, first of the month is a holiday. Every month, <clears throat> every month. I want you to turn to First Samuel chapter 20, okay? Just flip over there. And if you're, of course, where you are, you just kind of go a little further into the Bible till 1 Samuel chapter 20. <clears throat> and I want you to see a story of a new moon feast. And it's a two-day feast. Now, sometimes it's one day. Sometimes it's two days. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they tell the difference. I don't know how they make the difference. It may have something to do with the calendar catching up since the moon is a little different than the sun and things are a little bit different. Uh, We talked about this that sometimes, because the Jewish calendar is based on the moon, that it's out of whack about every six or seven years. And so they have a a month called Adair. And then sometimes they add a whole month to their calendar called the second month of Adair. And that kind of catches them back up. And so I, I've seen that before, and sometimes you read through that. Now, let's watch. Look at second, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 5. So David said to Jonathan, now J- David is running from Saul. Saul wants to kill David. Jonathan is his best friend. We saw that when we studied first, first and Second Samuel. So David said to Jonathan, behold, tomorrow is the what? The new moon. And I ought to sit down and eat with the king. They always have a banquet. They have a party. It's the first of the month, and they want to sit down, and they have a party, and they offer sacrifices, and they think about God. That's the plan. He said, I ought to sit down with the king, but let me go that I may hide myself in the field until the third evening. Now, why the third evening? Because obviously, this is going to be a two-day new moon feast. And so we see what happens. Look down at verse 24. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. It's the party. Yeah, wouldn't you like to have a holiday every month? What if the first day of every month we just took off? That'd be kind of fun. You know, we all ate together or something. Okay, now watch what happens. The king sat at his seat as usual by the wall. Abner and Jonathan rose up and Abner sat down by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not speak anything that day for he thought it's an accident. Maybe he's not clean. Uh, maybe he's not clean. Surely he's not clean. So he says, well, he's not here tonight, but we got another day. And then look at the next one. It came about the next day, the second day of the new moon, that David's place was empty. So Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why has the son of Jesse not come to the meal either yesterday or today? So understand that a new moon, I just wanted you to see it from the Bible. The new moon feast for Jewish people was a two-day feast uh, sometimes a one-day feast, sometimes a two-day feast. We see in First Samuel it was a two-day feast, and I just wanted you to see this. Now, so the point, that, I'm sorry, that's the verses there. The new moon, the meal, and the sacrifice, David wasn't there. And then where could he be the second day of the feast? The purpose was to have the nation stop monthly and think about their God 
and who controls all things. That's why they have yearly feasts. Why? Because at least yearly, once a year at certain times, they stopped. Just like we say, okay, we've got, you know, uh, we've got the 4th of July. We're going to stop and remember about our country. There's New Year's Day. We're going to stop and remember about last year and the new year. We've got Christmas Day. We're going to remember the birth of Christ. We've got Easter. We're going to, so we have our certain things. Well, this, they had ones all the way through the year, and they have one every month. Now realize that they, that they needed to have a covering for sin. There were sacrifices on the new moon feast because they always remembered that they had to cover their sin until the Messiah would come. They looked forward to the coming of the Messiah and the Savior who would deal with sin. And, and so and we could stop and think, okay, do we have any particular day that we remember what Jesus did? Well, we think of Easter, of course, but anytime we have the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And we meet, and we'll have, on a Sunday morning, we'll meet and remember the death and resurrection of our Savior. So every week, they stopped and worshiped. Do we stop and worship every week? Now, we're supposed to worship every day and, and praise his name and think about who he is and everything. But you know, it sure is special to come in here and have those great songs, the music that focus us on our Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and then to have the teaching of the Word of God, and it's a great time of rest. We're not supposed to be thinking about jobs and things we're supposed to do the next, the rest of the day, and, and all that kind of things. It's, it's a great time in which you can say, I just want to focus on my Savior, and that's weekly. And we don't have really a monthly one like they did. They have two days, and it was to set apart what they're doing. And uh, so it's really, really powerful. I want you to now turn back to Leviticus 23. Turn back there. And this is the place in the Bible in which God gives the seven yearly feast. The seven yearly feast. If you remember <clears throat> Leviticus 23, verse 3, he gave the Sabbath day. He said, for six days work may be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath. And then he starts giving what he calls the holy convocations, which is the, the, holy, the holidays. And so let me give you something here. Let me give you the yearly feast. I don't, did I have it? I don't even know if I have it. Do I have it on the handout? Yes. I do? Okay. Uh, here are the yearly feasts. That there's seven yearly feasts. Now, there are more, but these are the ones in Leviticus 23 that you have to do, okay? Passover, we all know about that. We say, Passover, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Then there's unleavened bread. Then there's first fruits. Then there's Pentecost. There's trumpets. There's the Day of Atonement. And there's tabernacles. Let me just show you something real quickly. I think we have some time. We all think of Jesus being the Passover lamb. We don't realize that the unleavened bread meant no sin, a perfect life. Jesus rose from the grave on first fruits. The church began on the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Trumpets is the ingathering. That could be the rapture aspect. It could be the second coming. They all tie together. The Day of Atonement was the picture of where sin was dealt with, was covered, but it also is now a picture of Jesus paying for sin. And tabernacles was a picture of them out in the wilderness, it's a foreshadow of the kingdom. So do you realize all of these feasts that God gave to Israel tie into us? And we can look at them and see that. Look at Leviticus chapter 23 verse 4. Notice it says, these are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. So he says, these are the holy convocations, the special feast that God has for them. And so he starts off, and look at verse 5. In the first month, 
on the 14th day of the month at twilight, remember everything starts in the evening, is the Lord's Passover. Now, Jewish calendar is weird. The 14th day of the first month, the first month, their New Year's actually is in the seventh month. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but the first month is the first month called Nisan, and on the 14th day of the first month at evening is Passover. If you go all the way up, their New Year's Day is called Trumpets, and it started a new year, and that was the seventh month of their calendar. I think God changed it on purpose when they were in Egypt and they came out of Egypt. He wanted this Passover thing to be the key. And so he said, here is the first month now. The 14th day of the first month of Nisan is Passover. And so we think about Jesus being the Passover lamb. So notice verse 5. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Then notice verse 6. Then on the 15th day of that same month, there is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord, and it is for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Now notice, and we're going to get to this sometime, on the first day you'll have a holy convocation. That means it's a Sabbath day. It doesn't mean Saturday, it means it's a rest day, and you shall not do any laborious work. And then he said on the seventh day is the same thing. So the second feast is called unleavened bread. It's for seven days, and on the first day is a Sabbath day, and the last day is a Sabbath day. Do you realize in a little more than a week, you could have three rest days in one week, or about eight days? So that's how the Jewish calendar fit. And so we're going to see the details, especially on Passover next time. But let's talk about it, and, and I want you to understand something. <clears throat> All Jewish men were required to come to Jerusalem three times a year for special times. Here they are. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is found in Deuteronomy 16, 16. Every Jewish man had to come for Passover unleavened bread and first fruits. They had to come. Then later on, 50 days later, they had to come back for the Feast of Weeks, which was called Pentecost. And then a couple of months after that, they had to come back for what they call Feast of Tabernacles, which had trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. So every Jewish male had to come. Did Jesus come to all these feasts? He had to, right? He kept the law what? Perfectly. He had to come. Do you remember the time? that it was the Feast of Tabernacles and Jesus was talking to his brothers and they said, you need to go down there and Jesus said, I'm not going to this feast. Did you ever catch that? Jesus said, I'm not going to this feast. And they said, well, if you want to be famous, you need to go down there. And he said, I'm not going at this time. Well, I think he was fooling them because he, when he said, I'm not going at this time, I think he meant the exact time you're going because they went down there and a little bit later, it says, halfway through the feast, Jesus came. What if he hadn't come? Would he have violated the Mosaic law? And then he would have been a sinner. <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus kept everything perfectly, by the way. That's why if toward the end of his life, and they're all arguing with him, he said, which of one of you um, blames me for any sin? What sin have I ever done? They couldn't say a word. He never sinned. Wow. Okay. Um, so...
in where we're supposed to go. So let me give you this, and this is real quickly. Um, there are three things when we think about Passover, okay? We're going to look at the background on Passover. We're going to see the Jewish Passover meal, and then we're going to see Jesus as our Passover lamb. Now, what I decided to do is next week, when we look at Passover, we're just going to, we're going to actually go quickly through what the, Jews, what the Jewish people celebrated Passover, but we're also going to see it fits us perfectly. Because Jesus is our Passover, right? Okay, let me remind you of this, and and then we'll go to our grow groups. Um, The background on the Passover, if you remember this, the nation of Israel was doing, there was a famine, and Joseph got uh, sold into slavery, as you remember, uh, Jacob and his sons, and Joseph got sold into slavery, and he ended up with Potiphar, and then he ended up in prison, and then because he could tell dreams and tell the future, he was called out when the, when the Pharaoh had, that, had two dreams. And he called Joseph in, cleaned him all up because he'd been in prison, and said, I had these dreams. And Joseph interpreted the dreams perfectly. And Pharaoh said, my gracious, I've not found anybody like you. I'm going to make you number two in the nation. Only me is greater. And everybody has to listen to you. And Joseph was so smart that he saved up a whole bunch of food during, during the seven years of good so that when the seven years of famine came, people would be taken care of. And Joseph's family joined him in Egypt. And when they got there, Pharaoh actually came and met them and said, wherever you want to live, whatever you want to do, the land is before you, it's for you. And the Jewish people were, it was amazing. And then something happened. Pharaoh died, and a new Pharaoh came who didn't know Joseph, because Joseph died. And the Jewish people were multiplying so fast, and they were so smart and so amazing that this new Pharaoh said, I'm a little bit worried about them. They might join with my enemies and take over. So I'm going to make them slaves. And they went in and they made them slaves. And they made them build the, the pyramids. And they, build, they just made them do all these different things. And they became slaves. And they were slaves for 400 years. And then God raised up a man named Moses. And now Moses was was a little Jewish boy, and at that time, all Jewish boys were to be put to death. And when Moses' mother and father, Amram and Jochebed, saw the little boy when he was born, they said, we, we hid him for three months, and then we couldn't hide him anymore, so she put him in a little basket, and he floated out in the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter came out there to bathe, and she saw the little thing and said, somebody get that. They brought it up, opened it up, and her heart went out, and she said, it's one of those little Jewish boys. And it just so happens that Moses' sister Miriam was standing there, and Moses' mother was right over there. And Miriam said, would you like me to get a Jewish woman to nurse this baby for you? And she said, fine. And so the real mother came and nursed her own son. And Moses grew up in the training of Egypt, and he was amazing. But at a certain, certain time, he looked out and said, you know what? I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Jewish person, and my people are slaves. And so I'm going out, and I'm going to live with them instead of living in the palace. And he went out, and he saw an Egyptian hurting a Jew, and he killed him and hit him in the sand. And he said, well, he deserved it. And then the next day, two Jewish guys were fighting. And Moses said, hey, you guys quit fighting. And one said, hey, you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? 
And Moses thought, man, people know about this. And he took off and he ran. And he went to Midian. And he found this priest there in Midian. And the priest had a daughter. And he started working for him. And he married the daughter. And he had sons and everything. And everything looked like it was going pretty good. And Moses said, you know, I was supposed to be the one to lead the nation out. And they should have thought about that. And when he was 40 years old is when he killed that person. And he ran off. And now 40 years have passed and he's 80 years old. And he says, well, my life's sort of been... Because I was supposed to be the one to lead the nation of Israel. And I've been stuck on the backside of the desert leading a bunch of sheep for 40 years. And my life is pretty much over until he walked out one day and he saw a bush burning. And he went, hmm, that bush is burning, but that bush is not burning up. I'm going to go over there and see. And as he got closer, God said, stop, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. I have chosen you. I have heard about my people. And I'm sending you to go back and let my people go. And he said, I think you've got the wrong number. <laughs> and God said, nope. And I'm going to bring your brother Aaron because he speaks better than you do. And y'all are going to go back and you're going to talk to Pharaoh. And they go back to Pharaoh. They come to the Jewish people. And they say, the I am sent me. I'm supposed to go to Pharaoh to let us go. And they said, good job. Try it. And they go to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh says, I'm not letting you go. And God brings nine plagues. Nine gods of Egypt. God judges. And each time Pharaoh goes, okay, I changed my mind. I'll let you go. And then as soon as it stops, he goes, no, I don't change my mind. And so God said, we're going to have one more plague. And what we're going to do is I want you to go kill a lamb. And I want you to put the blood on the door. And I want you to stay in the house. And on this night, I'm sending the angel of death. And he's going to come through Egypt. In every house that does not have the blood on the door, I will kill the firstborn in that family. In every house that has the blood on the door, I will pass over them. And the Jewish people killed the Passover lamb, put the blood on the door, got in the house, waited that night, and at midnight, death passed through. And in every home in Egypt that did not have the blood on the door, there was the death of the firstborn. And Pharaoh said, get out of here. And they left, and there's a lot more to it. But the Passover lamb delivered them by faith in the Passover lamb, they were delivered from the bondage of slavery. Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb who died on the 14th day of the first month. And he is the lamb of God who delivers us from the bondage of sin.